What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 35 of Preloaded. My name is Josh Finderup, and I'm joined, as always, by the other half of Preloaded, Jackson Vanover. What's up this week, Jackson? Hey, Josh. Uh, Yeah, just really excited. Got some fun games coming up soon. Um, I don't know if you guys saw... I know I'm. this is a podcast and we have a video version, but you can see the Commander Shepard helmet behind me. Uh, I got to unbox that. Yeah, just a really exciting time for games. Nice. Yeah, I did see that. I, I'm uh, not able to see you, but I'm assuming you're not <laughs> wearing the helmet. And if you're not, I'm a little disappointed. Yeah, well, there's the issue of mic quality. You know, there's some other logistical things. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It might be worth it. Mic quality for uh, Commander Van Over. <laughs> hey, might be it sounds good, good to me. Trade off. Anyways, uh, yeah, that was a fun video to watch. Uh, but yeah, you mentioned we have uh, some fu- uh, some games to look forward to. That's actually going to be our deep dive discussion topic. We are going to, at the end of the show, get into uh, four or five or maybe even six kind of big games that are all coming out in May. It feels like we're getting uh, um, things are getting rolling finally as far as the release calendar. So look forward to our discussion on that. Kind of a, a big preview of all of the April games, or excuse me, May games coming out. Uh, in addition to that, we have a bunch of news that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about uh, some more of the Sony PlayStation news that came out uh, this week. Uh, Square Enix joining E3, uh, some Blizzard news, and uh, just a bunch of stuff to talk about. So definitely stay tuned. But before we get into any of that, you can catch the video version of Preloaded. We post it every Friday over on Jackson's YouTube channel. He's E. So subscribe there if you haven't already, or you can catch the audio version over on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you are listening on any of the audio platforms, uh, definitely subscribe and drop us a review if you're enjoying the podcast. Uh, That'll definitely help us grow our audience. You can also write into Preloaded at the email address preloadedpodcast at gmail.com, and we welcome all of your comments and your feedback, but we'd love to get your questions. Every week we dig into the mailbag, and we read one of your questions here on the show. That's our last segment. So if there's anything you want to hear us talk about uh, next week, write us at preloadedpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can just drop us a question on Twitter. I am at questmodegames on Twitter. Jackson, what's your, uh, where are you? I'm at JV on YT. Nice. So uh, yeah, drop us a question, and uh, we will uh, discuss potentially on uh, the next week's show. We'd love to hear from you. And with that, we are going to kick off the podcast as we always do with our segment, What the Hell Have You Been Playing, Jackson? So for me, Josh, I've still been playing Outriders. It's still got its hook in, hooks in me in terms of the end game. So just trying to kind of get to a final point in that game. I don't know if I'll continue playing after I beat that, but we'll have to see. Uh, and then I've also gotten back into Fallout 76, which is really funny because I've kind of been on a Fallout um, diet, if you will, if that makes sense. No Fallout at all. Um, I've just been taking a break from it since I burned out creating content for it. Long story short, um, 76 I've found is is really improved and adding NPCs back into the game and a lot of other quality of life things they've done has really improved the experience. So I'm enjoying playing that, you know, kind of on my own. 
That's awesome. Yeah, there's kind of a discussion going around right now about games that uh, launch as a, a mess and improve over time. And uh, Fallout right. 76, it's nice to hear that that has gotten better. And uh, hopefully there's uh, an audience out there for that game. Yeah, I mean, they they briefly mentioned it when Xbox acquired Bethesda. So it's it's got to be, you know, I think it's popular enough to justify being around for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. Uh, I have, uh, I did keep playing. Um, last week, I mentioned a little game called The Escapists that I was experimenting with. And uh, I was really hoping that I had stumbled across, um, you know, maybe a potential like hidden gem in the stealth genre, even though some people might not call this game a hidden gem. It did sell quite well, but it just didn't work for me. I mean, so this game, basically the premise, as I mentioned last week, is you're uh, you're a prisoner in prison and you're job is to escape and it sets you up kind of like the hitman games where there are a number of different ways you can escape you can cut the wires to the fence out in the the courtyard you can dig your way out you can disguise yourself as a officer and or as a security guard and just walk out the front door but in order to do this you have to figure out like if you do want to be an officer you got to figure out how to get his uniform and then at what time of the day do you get out uh you know can you actually walk out so very interesting premise and I, what I found was that this game is set up so that the you have to really it doesn't tell you anything, and um, so if you want to like you can craft items in the game and for example you can craft like a um, uh, you can tie two bed sheets together and you I, I was thinking oh well that'll be used to throw over the the fence out in the courtyard and then I'll be able right. to climb over but instead it's used once you get on the roof of the prison which you I didn't do forever you then use it to lower yourself down into the courtyard from the roof. And it just doesn't tell you anything like that. So you have to find either discover all that on your own. And there are dozens of items you can craft and just not knowing what they do. Not only that, it doesn't tell you which items combine to make which items. So before I ramble on too long, you basically have to get online to figure out how to play this game. And that's not my thing. I'm not down for that, but some people I'm sure are. It's a very, I think it's kind of a community focused game where you get online, see what other people have done. Anyway, great premise. If that sounds like something you're interested in, I would still check it out because it, it did review well and a lot of people love this game. It just wasn't for me. It was a little too uh, obtuse, a little too open-ended. Uh, gotcha. And then the other game I'm, I just really got into last night was Sniper Elite 3. This is another stealth game. Uh, it's pretty basic in terms of the stealth mechanics, but really cool. You know, I'm sure a lot of people out there are familiar with the Sniper Elite games. You basically get dropped into these big, uh, at least for three and four, you get dropped into these big open levels and you are given targets to assassinate. And as the name of the game implies, sniping is the the main way that you can do this. But you can you just sneak around, you kill people with your silence pistol, you can take them out from behind and uh, it's it's cool. I'm, I'm enjoying it, but I'm not very far into it. I, I was up till three in the morning last night playing it. So that says something. Nice, man. Yeah, I've, I played a couple of those games and yeah, they're a good time. Anyway, that was a lot. I, I didn't mean to go on that long about those games, but um, that's what we have been playing. We are now going to get into our top stories of the week, uh, starting with uh, a PlayStation one. So last week, we kind of focused on this whole uh, Sony debacle and how they were kind of having a bad PR month. But they 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 turned it around a little bit. They decided to uh, keep the PlayStation 3 and Vita stores live uh, instead of shutting them down in June and July, I think they were going to do it. So the PSP store is still going to be shut down. So that's a little unfortunate if there are people out there still downloading things from the PSP store. But um, yeah, this was, a, I thought, a great decision. I was glad to hear somebody was listening. 
Right. It seems like Jim Ryan, he's the one who came out and uh, made a direct statement and kind of, you know, explained the reasoning behind why they wanted to do it, which still wasn't, you know, sound given, you know, (laughs) the backlash. But uh, it's good to listen that they will or it's good to know that they will listen to feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I have lost some faith in Jim Ryan over the last month or two, but this definitely uh, showed me that he is listening and uh, paying attention. So that that's nice. Maybe some people were saying that maybe this will, maybe the next thing they'll do is try to implement some sort of backwards compatibility. I don't have a lot of hope for that, but that would be great. It would be great. I also don't think they will personally. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that was good news. Some other good news we got this week was Square Enix. Uh, may be joining E3 2021, at least the the digital event. Well, I guess it's only a digital event this year. And uh, they came out with a statement saying that, quote, this was from uh, Square Enix president Yasuki Matsuda. And he said, quote, we'll be announcing the rest of the lineup, referring to Square Enix lineup, later. And we're also planning to make an announcement at E3 in June. So please keep your eyes peeled. So this was after he had mentioned like Outriders and Near Replicant. He said that the, the the rest of our lineup will be announced around at around E3, maybe even at E3. Right. And yeah, the reason I added the story and it's it's a little vague whether, you know, they're going to be one of those ESA like this is a streamed time for Square Enix kind of event or they're just referring to their own event. Um, but I think I've also seen plenty of outlets say, yeah, no, they are joining the E3 2021 official lineup. So uh, whatever they show, I'm excited. Their recent um, showcase made me more excited about their games. So, yeah. Do you have any idea what um, he might be referring to as getting shown here? I mean, we we got to see uh, um, Life is Strange, uh, True Colors at that showcase, but I wonder if there's anything new uh, that they might show here. Right. I'm not sure. Um, in terms of yeah, he says they're making an announcement, so that does also make me think new. But I mean. It would be cool to see, I think, even though I'm not personally interested, more Final Fantasy. I know a lot of people are interested in the next game in that series, so I'm sure we'll see something for that. Yeah, I would love to hear something about, even if it's, you know, one of those, like, logo teases or something. I mean, we know it's in the works. Final Fantasy VII Remake 2. I don't know what they're going to call it, but Part 2. <laughs> uh, it's going to have a long name, but that would be cool to see just some acknowledgement of that because uh, that's uh, that was one of my games of the year uh, last year. Yeah, still haven't played it, but I know a lot of people love it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, look forward to Square Enix uh, dropping some news around E3, or maybe even as part of the official lineup. Uh, some uh, not necessarily good or bad news, I don't think, uh, that came out, That w- but it was big news. This might have been the biggest story of the week uh, in terms of people reacting to it was Jeff Kaplan is leaving Blizzard. Now, I was not really familiar with Kaplan before this story because I'm not a big Blizzard uh, guy and I don't play Overwatch, but he's basically been the lead uh, on Overwatch for a long time. He's been at Blizzard for 20 years, uh, so uh, just a fixture in the Blizzard community, and he's leaving, and he um, you know, didn't really hint as to what is next for him, uh, but a lot of people were bummed that he's leaving Blizzard, but excited for whatever's next for him. And in... Uh, uh, addition to this, Blizzard announced that Aaron Keller, who's been at Blizzard for 18 years and has worked on Overwatch for a while, and uh, I believe Overwatch 2, he is going to take over Kaplan's duties on Overwatch 2. So did you have any reaction to this news, Jackson? Yes. Uh, so 
never talked about it on the show, but I played Overwatch pretty much religiously for at least a year, maybe two years after it came out. Um, that kind of rocked my world and blew my mind, and me and my buddies just got hooked to it. So I'm very familiar with Jeff Kaplan. He kind of has this almost meme um, reputation. Like, there's so many funny videos made about him, and he kind of there's a back and forth between him and the community. So I think, uh, you, yeah, you kind of see, like you alluded to, Josh, sort of uh, a fixture in the community leaving is always kind of a bitter uh, thing. But at the same time, it sounds like they're in capable hands. So I'm excited to see, you know, what Aaron Keller um, is up to next. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, the. I think the best part about this story for me, not being really close to Overwatch or the, or Blizzard, was just that I didn't see anybody really. Uh, worried about Aaron Keller taking over. Everybody seems to have faith in him, and uh, it's going to be exciting to see what Overwatch 2 looks like when it uh, when it does launch. Yeah, that'll recapture my imagine, or my attention for that franchise for sure. Yeah, yeah. So uh, best wishes to uh, Jeff Kaplan, and we'll uh, be interested to see what's next for him. Uh, so one story I wanted to include this week that didn't get a lot of attention, I just want to have a quick mention, is there is a, a digital... Uh, like or not digital, but like a developer diary that was posted by Melina Jurgens, who is the lead actor in Hellblade, and she's going to be in Hellblade Two. She plays Senua, and she posted this really cool video diary of how she learned how to basically fight to be uh, this warrior in Hellblade Two. And the reason I included it is just like it seems like there's been no news about this game since they revealed it, and this gives uh, it doesn't show any gameplay. But it does give some insights into the development of the game. And it just shows that, I mean, man, this uh, Melina Jurgens, like, she's a badass. And uh, uh, she is playing a huge role, pardon the pun, in the development of this game. And it was really cool to watch. It's called Diary of a Digital Human, H-O-O-M-A-N. And this was the second episode that she has posted to her personal YouTube channel. So check that out if you're hungry for some Hellblade news. Yeah, man, I'll have to check this out. Like you said, I haven't really heard anything about Hellblade 2 since it got uh, revealed. So I'll have to check it out. Yep. Yeah, definitely do. And uh, lastly, our last news story of the week is uh, um, actually, Jackson, I'm just going to kick it over to you before I spoil it. (laughs) All right. So uh, the next Battlefield game, it's been rumored. We've actually talked about rumors on the show. Uh, EA came out this morning as we're recording that the game will be revealed soon. So uh, we know it's coming out later this year, 2021. Uh, and they've kind of dubbed it as the return to all-out warfare. Uh, EA says they have a lot to show us in the coming months, and this was really just kind of a, yes, it, it exists, and it's coming out this year post. Um, but they specifically mentioned that this uh, new game is all brought to life with the power of next-gen consoles and PCs. And this is speculation on my part, but when you say that specifically, um it kind of suggests that it might not be coming to last gen. I could be reading into that. They could just be trying to push, you know, the next gen consoles. But yeah, when you read something like that, Josh, what do you think? Yeah, I, you know, I didn't, um, that didn't occur to me, but you are right. If you're going to be pushing, you know, technology on PCs, uh, to me, that does imply that you're going to be doing some stuff that won't be possible on last gen. So if anything, it, I mean, at the very, I don't know if it's at the very least or at the very most, but you could have a version that's for next gen that's kind of the the fully featured version, and maybe they just really scale it back for PS4 and Xbox One. I I, I don't know. I mean, we saw some of that last gen. I remember uh, Shadow of Mordor was kind of that way, where it was basically a fully featured game that run, ran great on uh, next gen PS4 at the time and Xbox One, but on 
old gen consoles, the Nemesis system just slowed it down a lot. And maybe it's hopefully that's not what we see here, but I don't know. That's my thought. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to see how they they handle that. I know Battlefield games they really require a lot of you know processing power. I mean, just so much stuff is going on uh, there. So they also said they promised to pack maps with more players. So that screams like compete with Warzone and compete with uh, Fortnite to me. I, I don't know what the biggest game types were in Battlefield Five. Um, apologies for that. I, I just am not that close with this franchise um, to know something specific like that. But I mean, Warzone packs a ton of people into a single match. So I'm sure they want to uh, try to compete with that game on that front. And then finally, EA has three studios working on this game. So this is a big project. I, I think they really need to bet big and lean in and take another chunk out of the Call of Duty, you know, Fortnite pie, so to speak, in terms of battle royales and online, you know, modern military shooters. Yeah, Battlefield has always spoken to me more than Call of Duty. I like Call of Duty's campaigns more, but uh, the only... Um I think the only military multiplayer shooter I've ever gotten into was Battlefield, and it actually wasn't the military one. It was, of all things, it was Battlefield Hardline. But what appeals to me is it's a, it does seem to lean into, I mean, calling these games realistic is a stretch, but it does lean into realism a little bit more, I feel like, than Call of Duty does. Um, uh, people out there who are into these games might just be like, I might be like nails on the chalkboard to them. I don't know, but that's my impression. And it's always appealed to me for that reason. I do also like the huge open um, uh, uh, levels that uh, you can uh, explore in the multiplayer and and having these huge uh, player numbers on there also appeals to me. And that could be something that maybe they scale back on old on, on PS4 and Xbox One. Maybe, you know, maybe we'll see like 64 players or I think that's a number they've hit on these consoles. And maybe on next gen, we'll have 100. Who knows? Yeah, I'm excited to see what this is. And, you know, they said that they're going to show it really soon. So I would expect this at the very latest during E3. Yes, I, I think May or early June, we'll definitely see some Battlefield. So uh, pay or stay tuned for that if you are a Battlefield fan. Uh, if you're uh, interested in this, that'll be fun to look forward to. So with that, we are going to take our first break. And when we get back, we're going to, uh, yeah, dig into a, kind of a preview section of a bunch of games coming out uh, in May, uh, right around the corner. So exciting stuff. You'll want to stay tuned. We'll see you in a sec. And we're back. We are now going to get into our deep dive discussion of the week. And, you know, Jackson and I were kind of looking at what are we going to talk about this week? And, uh, you know, there was the Resident Evil showcase last week and then last night all of out of nowhere a big returnal preview dropped a lot of outlets had returnal coverage and the more we thought about it the more we thought you know there's actually a lot of games coming out in may that are pretty big games so let's just have a, a preview and talk about as many of them as we can fit in and the first one that uh, i'm going to bring up is returnal so yeah this they released uh, the preview embargo uh, lifted last night. I think people just had a few hours to play this game and then post their uh, impressions. But I was, I've been excited for this game. If you've been listening to the show, you know I'm I'm a big uh, Housemark fan and I've been looking forward to Returnal. But the previews that came out got me so excited for this game. This definitely climbed the list of my most anticipated games of the year after seeing the previews. Before I get into the impressions, Jackson, what 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 are your thoughts of what we saw? Yeah, I, I'm very impressed as well um, by everything that I've seen. I actually only managed to watch one preview from Skill Up, and 
he just kind of, yeah, like you mentioned, they got the code. He had two hours to play, and then he immediately made a video. So um, we're kind of getting very quick, very raw impressions of how people um, are feeling, and it's mostly positive. Um, so like you said, I, I think I had less hype for the game, but this really did propel it. I mean, I'm, I'm going to play the game when it drops in a week from the time you guys listen. Yeah, so the impressions that I read kind of, I saw the skill up one also, and I watched a few others, and it seems like there's a lot of Hades comparisons, which makes sense. This is a roguelike, roguelite, roguelike, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I've also seen some control comparisons, at least in terms of the aesthetic and kind of the surreal nature of it. And also there's some Metroidvania elements, apparently, or at least Metroid elements, which is very cool. A lot of the systems seem really uh, designed to just make this as addictive of a game as possible. Uh, the road light genre is kind of a, a mystery to me because it's, it's it seems like a genre that not a lot of people get excited for. But for the people who, like, if you play a really good rogue light, even if it's not your genre, man, they can just suck you in and be super addictive. And I, I anticipate that this is going to be uh, one of those games that just pulls you right in. I actually think, I've been saying that I don't think this game is going to sell well, but if the reviews are as good as the previews, maybe it will. Who knows? Yeah, maybe it will. That's all you really need. I mean, I don't know how well Hades has sold, but I think that all the reception absolutely propelled it and helped it um, succeed in that sense. But um, one more thing I wanted to say about Returnal is that uh, I've seen a lot of uh, previews talk about how it feels like a bullet hell genre game in a 3D space, which is something like we've seen trails and traces of it, but it really feels like Returnal's leaning into that idea, which makes sense with Housemark. Um, but at the same time, it looks like it works very, very well in this game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, one, just one other, just to give some details, like I read uh, or I heard one of one of the previews, maybe it was Skill Up, said that each run he did took around 90 minutes. So this isn't a game that you're going to run through really quickly over and over and over again. I mean, that's a long time, I think, for a roguelite. But you end up, and also you end up going from like room to room, similar to Hades, uh, beating these big bosses. And uh, there's some online components, like you can run across uh, bodies of people who've died, like of actual other players who've died. And you can either uh, 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 loot that body or you can avenge their death and if you avenge their death you have to fight the enemy that took them out so just some cool cool stuff going on uh we don't have time to get into everything check out all the previews for returnal this game looks outstanding i think yeah i'm excited for it yeah so next up uh this is probably the biggest game coming out this month and maybe even the biggest game so far this year resident evil village oh by the way returnal comes out april 30th so technically that's an april game but uh it's going to be getting a lot of attention in the early Bit of May. So Resident Evil Village comes out on May 7th, and we got the uh, showcase last week, which I actually have to admit I just watched for the first time last night. Uh, this game, I think it looks great. I'm excited. Seems like it's a bit more action-oriented. I read the Game Informer cover story, and they definitely talk about how there's more... Uh, the, the areas of the game are wider open, which allows for more uh, free-form combat, and it's going to be, as a result, more of an action-focused game. Uh, and then after watching the showcase and playing the Maiden demo last night, this game is gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, it really is gorgeous. Um, the RE engine is is super powerful. Um, I've been paying attention to all the coverage too. And uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. It does seem more action oriented, but I like little elements. Like, I don't know if you saw the the flower bags. You can like shoot those to give yourself cover to cross 
um, large open spaces, so you're not getting swarmed by these werewolf-looking creatures. Um, and then the the big, obviously, the big vampire lady. That's the big yeah. meme, right? Everyone's talking about. Um, she actually looks terrifying to me. I, I mentioned that on Twitter, and, and people are like, no, I, I, not nearly as terrifying as Mr. X or Jack, but she looks terrifying to me. Yeah, and that's my question, and, and they may have released this information, I don't know, but is she going to be another uh, kind of like stalker character? And by that, I mean, is she going to be one of those, like Mr. X, is she going to be wandering around these environments hunting you and you have to constantly worry about her? How's that going to work? Um, and I think they have. She she will be hunting, maybe okay. just in certain areas, maybe just the house. Yeah, but uh, the other thing I read in the Game Informer story, which was a relief to me, is they are definitely leaning in again to the puzzle element of Resident Evil. And that's something I've always liked, even though the puzzles are not really hard. They're not that challenging. I love that you're kind of solving these, uh, like that these environments, the police station in Resident Evil 2 or the mansion in Resident Evil 1 or even the mansion in Resident Evil 7 are these kind of widespread puzzles in and of themselves that you have to figure out and unlock certain doors to get to certain areas. That definitely seems like it's going to be here. I think the the, the castle setting that you're going to explore uh, in Resident Evil Village looks awesome. I'm totally into the aesthetic and the puzzle solving too. I can't yeah. wait. So that's May 7th. We get Resident Evil. And then uh, on May 10th, just three days later, Hood Outlaws and Legends comes out. Now, this is a game that I feel like has potential to um, get an audience, but it just seems like no one's talking about it. The hype level is kind of low. What do you know about this game, Jackson? Right. Um, I, I was looking at games coming out in May, and this was on there, and I, I kind of hesitated about adding it to our list. But what I know about it is that it's a PvPVE heist game, meaning that you're competing against other teams while also being on a team yourself, while also fighting against the world. So uh, comparisons would be Showdown, uh, Hunt the Showdown, I think is what yeah. it's called, and then Payday. So these are very unique kinds of games. And for that reason, I think it's definitely going for a more niche audience. I think it's kind of hard to think that this will be a big hit, but that doesn't mean it won't be good. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm cautiously you know, interested in this one. It's interesting, you know, as I uh, research which games I want to play next in the stealth genre, two games that come up very regularly are Payday and um, Hunt Showdown. I, I think that's what it's called. Um, and those being, you know, kind of PvP games, uh, I, I haven't gotten into either of them, but um, I'm intrigued. And for that reason, I'm actually kind of intrigued uh, in this game. Yeah, it's it's a it's also got classes, so there's some more variety there in gameplay if you really explore it. So I'm into it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it'll be really interesting to see the reviews drop for this one because uh, as the previous two games, I think will review well. I'd be surprised if they didn't. This one, I think, is a bit of a an unknown quantity. So. Stay tuned. Again, that's May 10th for Hood, Outlaws, and Legends. Uh, next up, uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla is getting a big DLC drop on May 13th. You want to talk about this a little bit, Jackson? Sure, yeah. So if you follow my channel, you know probably all about this. Uh, not that I've been talking about it a bunch, but uh, yeah, it got delayed, so it's coming out the 13th. We just got some leaked screenshots showing uh, a werewolf, so it's really leaning into the mythology but yeah we're covering the um, children of danu pretty much you know pre-christian ireland you know so you've got the gaelic tribes and cults in dublin a major trading hub we've got new weapon types um this is going to be a pretty substantial dlc pack if i had to you know um guess right now yeah and i didn't mention the name at the top it's uh, wrath of the druids 
is um, what this one is called. And I, I think all I've seen, I haven't been paying attention. All I've seen of this was when they initially announced it. And I just remember seeing a lot of green. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, it'll be very green. <clears throat> yep. So if you want to explore Ireland and fight some werewolves, that could be that could be a lot of fun. And then the next one is, uh, I think, behind maybe Resident Evil 8, uh, I think the biggest game, at least my impression is this is maybe the most anticipated game on this list. Mass Effect Legendary Edition comes out on May 14th. Um, yeah, Jackson, I'm just going to kick it over to you. All right. Yeah. So, um, this one, like Josh said, tons of press on this. It's, it's hard to read Twitter or go through any outlet and not see something about Mass Effect. So, um, it's getting press buzz, but people also seem to be excited, at least from what I've seen. Yeah. Um, we've been talking about so much. So just very briefly, this is going to enhance the original kind of vision for this franchise, bring it up to modern standards, but also uh, kind of keep what made it special in place. I've gotten to see it myself. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, (laughs) I'm kind of bummed that both the DLC for Assassin's Creed and this are coming out uh, (laughs) back to back, but I'm going to be playing both of these so much. Yeah. Are you, um, is it, I would guess you're more excited for Mass Effect uh, then, well, I guess DLC versus like three full games that might be go without saying. Yeah, uh, you you pretty much nailed it there. Um, Mass Effect is just a near and dear to me kind of thing, whereas Assassin's Creed's more of a current, you know, interest. I'd say. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to get to know these characters the way that the Mass Effect, you know, fandom knows them, and I don't, you know. So if Mass Effect One pulls me in and just gets me invested in these characters, that's what I'm looking forward to with this trilogy and then seeing just the whole, how the whole story plays out. Yeah, man. If you just love hard sci-fi, I, I, I just think it's, yeah, it's, it's hard to not get sucked in. Um, and I think, uh, Mass Effect one was a barrier. Now, hopefully it's going to be a good entry point, right? Yeah. Yeah. That would be great. So yeah, that's May 14th. So we're only halfway through the month and I've already covered a bunch of stuff. The last game of the month that is coming out that, um, you know, I feel like a lot of people are really interested in uh, just because it looks like a lot of fun, but um, we didn't hear for, about it for a while. Is Biomutant comes out on May 25th. I actually got to play this game at E3, I believe it was 2019, and um, that was right before they just kind of went radio silent. And I have to say, I was not terribly impressed when I played it, and I have a feeling that not that they were listening to me, but um, a lot of people maybe had the same impression, and maybe that's why they. Uh, kind of withdrew and maybe even went back to the drawing board a bit. It now looks pretty good. And I've heard it described as kind of, uh, at least by the developer, as Breath of the Wild meets Far Cry. I watched one preview, and it sounds like you'll be taking out a lot of outposts in this game. They're like six factions of these biomutants, these types of uh, uh, animals, these kind of anthropomorphized animals. And you have to take out the outposts of these other factions and then you can decide what to what the fate of those factions will be once you kind of uh, take over the world map. But apparently, so that sounds very Far Cry-ish, but there's also a lot of Breath of the Wild elements, apparently. I don't know what those are. But so sounds, if, if this game is good, it's going to be a lot of fun. Right. Um, I think people are hesitant because, like you said, it's it's been out there for so long. And when you see something drawn out for that long, you get worried because um, sometimes that can signal that it's, been in development hell and it's been changed too many times where it's lost its focus but i've been impressed with the the recent trailers for this game and 
Um, for the reasons you mentioned, I think it's something to be looking forward to. Yeah, yeah. So Biomutant, that comes out on May 25th. So a lot of stuff in May. Uh, we've been kind of on a, there's been just a drought, not very many new releases, but that looks to change very soon. So that's exciting. Uh, let us know in the comments uh, if we missed anything that you're looking forward to, or if there's uh, one of these games that you're looking forward to more than the others, uh, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. So with that, we are going to take our second break. And when we get back, we're going to dig into our mailbag. We'll be right back. And we're back. We are now going to get into our mailbag where we read one of your questions right here. If you want to write into Preloaded and have your question read maybe next week, uh, the email address is preloadedpodcast at gmail.com. We also uh, will take your questions on Twitter. You can at me. I am at Quest Mode Games. Jackson, where can people find you? I'm at JV on YT. So, uh, yeah, hit us up with your questions. This week, we are going back to uh, good old Brock. Brock, thanks for uh, your support and for writing us this thoughtful question. Uh, Brock writes, after all the talk recently in regards to PlayStation owners being upset about their lack of a Game Pass on PS5, it got me thinking about how the cycle of who has more momentum every console generations generation continues to flip-flop. Why is it that neither company seems to be able to keep their momentum going from generation to generation? Is it complacency being on top, which causes lack of innovation? Is it an unwillingness to take chances, which leads to stagnation? I'd love to hear your insights. Uh, What are your thoughts on this, Jackson? This is a great point and great question. Thank you, Brock, as always, for your support on the show. Um, To me, it it, I mean, I just go back and and you're right, Brock, there really is a a flip-flop, it feels like. I mean, um, PS2 beat Xbox, 360 beat PS3, PS4 beat Xbox One, and now we're here. Um, I, I look back, and I think it's a, a change in leadership, first off. I think that you usually don't see one person on top at either of these companies for an extremely long time. Um, they're public companies. So, uh, you know, that's just how it works. CEOs change, people in charge change, so visions change. Um, I would say that's a huge thing. And we saw the biggest mistake I thought ever um, with the Connect, leaning into the Connect with, uh, with Xbox One. That was just obviously a disaster and it hurt them for a very long time. So um, I, I think it's more due to leadership and kind of philosophies, different, you know, changing how you look at your brand and how you want to move it forward. I agree. I think that uh, leadership plays a huge role. I think Don Matrick or Matrick, whatever his name was, was clearly not um, the right leader for um, not only Xbox, but I just don't think a video game company in general. Mm-hmm. And then Phil Spencer has really been making the right moves for a very long time. He's been doing this for a while now. I also think there's just a natural um, kind of ebb and flow to, I mean, I don't know how corporations work in, you know, on the inside. I haven't, I mean, you know, what do I know is what I'm trying to say, but it seems like, you know, the company that's behind tries a bit harder than the company that's on top because they want to be on top. And that's what we're seeing, I think, with Xbox. And then the company that's on top I just think it's almost like I can't blame them for not taking risks, even though I wish they would. I wish Sony would take more risks moving forward. I wish they would have greenlit Days Gone 2, even though they didn't see the potential profitability there. Um, But if you're on top and you're you just it seems like it would make sense for them to have less motivation to take these risks. And I think that 
it's like they maybe they can't see the forest through the trees where they they're looking at just ma- keeping their profits going and staying on top instead of sticking with what got them there in the first place. So right. some of my thoughts. Oh yeah, I think you nail it there. It's it's either like keep it simple, stupid, or yeah. what are you doing? You're not changing, you know. Uh, and then I I like in terms of competition. I think it's great that these consoles either like fall behind a little bit and the other one pulls ahead mm-hmm. because just like Josh said, I mean, it, it really does push them to evolve. That's why we got Game Pass, really. Exactly. Yep. Game Pass exists because Microsoft needed to figure out a way to pull ahead and uh, you know, they may be they may be doing it. I just read that their uh, subscription count hit 23 million. Oh my gosh, that's insane. And they haven't even released one of their major, like big, big major first party games on Game Pass yet. You know, I think Halo is going to be the first like real flagship one. So those numbers are going to balloon. It's going to be exciting to watch. Yeah, I just see more and more people hopping in and taking care of the or taking advantage of the value. So I'm excited. Yep. Yeah. So again, Brock, thanks for the question. And thanks for everyone who writes in. We do read all of your messages and uh, we would love to hear from you again. If you want to hear us talk about your question next week, it's preloadedpodcast at gmail.com. And with that, we are going to wrap things up. Before we do, Jackson, anything you want to talk about, uh, plug on your channel. So I'm actually in between projects. So I'll just plug the fact that I'm going to stream and uh, restart Assassin's Creed Odyssey, believe it or not. I want to go back to that game after Valhalla. So check that out on my channel soon. Nice. My favorite one. I loved Odyssey. Uh, (laughs) I may not. You and many people. people. Yeah, but it's also a lot of people's least favorite, I have found, as I did my research on Assassin's Creed (laughs) recently. Um, Cool. Well, on my channel, I did finally post my Deathloop uh, Ultimate Preview. I went back to kind of my old format where I just do uh, the—I cover everything we know about Deathloop. uh, And it's um, uh, on my channel now, so if you're excited about that game, definitely check it out. And I'd love to see you over there uh, in the comments. With that, we are all, all set for the week. If you were listening on the audio, I had a little brain fart there. If you're listening on the audio platforms, we'd love for you to uh, subscribe there or leave a review. Again, that's Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And with that, we will see everyone next week. Thanks for listening. Bye, guys.